Section 34 of Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 2, by Washington Irving. Section 34. Chapter 8. It will need but little penetration in any one conversant with the ways of that wise but windy potentate, the sovereign people, to discover that notwithstanding all the warlike bluster and bustle of the last chapter, the city of New Amsterdam was not a whit more prepared for war than before. The privy councillors of Peter Stuyvesant were aware of this, and having received his private orders to put the city in an immediate posture of defence, they called a meeting of the oldest and richest burghers to assist them with their wisdom. These were of that order of citizens commonly termed men of the greatest weight in the community their weight being estimated by the heaviness of their heads and of their purses their wisdom in fact is apt to be of a ponderous kind and to hang like a millstone round the neck of the community two things were unanimously determined in this assembly of venerables first that the city required to be put in a state of defence and second that as the danger was imminent there should be no time lost which points being settled they fell to making long speeches and belaboring one another in endless and intemperate disputes for about this time was this unhappy city first visited by that talking endemic so prevalent in this country and which so invariably evinces itself wherever a number of wise men assemble together breaking out in long windy speeches caused as physicians suppose by the foul air which is ever generated in a crowd now it was moreover that they first introduced the ingenious method of measuring the merits of a harangue by the hour-glass he being considered the ablest orator who spoke longest on the question for which excellent invention it is recorded we are indebted to the same profound dutch critic who judged of books by their size this sudden passion for endless harangues so little consonant with the customary gravity and taciturnity of our sage forefathers was supposed by certain philosophers to have been imbibed together with divers other barbarous propensities from their savage neighbors who were peculiarly noted for long talks and council fires and never undertook any affair of the least importance without previous debates and harangues among their chiefs and old men but the real cause was that the people in electing their representatives to the grand council were particular in choosing them for their talents at talking without inquiring whether they possessed the more rare difficult and oft-times important talents of holding their tongues the consequence was that this deliberative body was composed of the most loquacious men in the community as they considered themselves placed there to talk every man concluded that his duty to his constituents and what is more his popularity with them required that he should harangue on every subject whether he understood it or not 
there was an ancient mode of burying a chieftain by every soldier throwing his shield full of earth on the corpse until a mighty mound was formed so whenever a question was brought forward in this assembly every member pressing forward to throw on his quantum of wisdom the subject was quickly buried under a mountain of words we are told that disciples on entering the school of pythagoras were for two years enjoined silence and forbidden either to ask questions or make remarks after they had thus acquired the inestimable art of holding their tongues they were gradually permitted to make inquiries and finally to communicate their own opinions with what a beneficial effect could this wise regulation of pythagoras be introduced in modern legislative bodies and how wonderfully would it have tended to expedite business in the grand council of the manhattos at this perilous juncture the fatal word economy the stumbling block of william the testy had been once more set afloat according to which the cheapest plan of defence was insisted upon as the best it being deemed a great stroke of policy in, in furnishing powder to economize in ball thus old dame wisdom whom the wags of antiquity have humorously personified as a woman seemed to take a mischievous pleasure in jilting the venerable councillors of new amsterdam to add to the confusion the old factions of short pipes and long pipes which had been almost strangled by the herculean grasp of peter stuyvesant now sprang up with tenfold vigour whatever was proposed by a short pipe was opposed by the whole tribe of long pipes who like true partisans deemed it their first duty to effect the downfall of their rivals their second to elevate themselves and their third to consult the public good though many left the third consideration out of question altogether in this great collision of hard heads it is astonishing the number of projects that were struck out projects which through the windmill system of william the testy completely in the background these were almost uniformly opposed by the men of the greatest weight in the community your weighty men though slow to devise being always great at negativing among these were a set of fat self-important old burghers who smoked their pipes and said nothing except to negative every plan of defence proposed these were that class of conservatives who having amassed a fortune button up their pockets shut their mouths sink as it were into themselves and pass the rest of their lives in the indwelling beatitude of conscious wealth as some phlegmatic oyster having swallowed a pearl closes its shell sinks in the mud and devotes the rest of its life to the conservation of its treasure every plan of defence seemed to these worthy old gentlemen pregnant with ruin an armed force was a legion of locusts preying upon the public property to fit out a naval armament was to throw their money into the sea to build fortifications was to bury it in the dirt in short they settled it as a sovereign maxim so long as their pockets were full no matter how much they were drubbed a kick left no scar a broken head cured itself but an empty purse was of all maladies the slowest to heal and one in which nature did nothing for the patient thus did this venerable assembly of sages lavish away their time which the urgency of affairs rendered invaluable in empty brawls and long-winded speeches without ever agreeing except on the point with which they started namely that there was no time to be lost 
and delay was ruinous at length st nicholas taking compassion on their distracted situation and anxious to preserve them from anarchy so ordered that in the midst of one of their most noisy debates on the subject of fortification and defence when they had nearly fallen to loggerheads in consequence of not being able to convince each other the question was happily settled by the sudden entrance of a messenger who informed them that a hostile fleet had arrived and was actually advancing up the bay end of section thirty four recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida